the global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. I am so excited that my friend Anthony Slumbers is with us today. And I'm going to ask the same question I always ask of everybody at the beginning of every podcast, which is, how are you? I don't want to hear about your business. I want to hear about you. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually rather, rather good, it, it, if a little bit hot. So being, a, being in, the, in the UK, we've had what for us is extremely high heat. I mean, we actually had a, a, a record of a, over 40 degrees a couple of weeks ago, which is just mm-hmm. completely bananas for the UK, which has been nice. But but of course, in the UK, we don't have air conditioning. So it does actually become once you go over 30, it becomes a real, a really um, a bit of a bugger, as we say, say over here. Mm-hmm. So it's been nice, but almost a bit too much of a good thing. But but it's lovely. We've had a nice long, nice on sun, summer, been away, um, current, currently head down work, working on my course, which starts in September and um, having a good time. It's got plenty of time to think at the moment, which is good. Oh, that's great. Okay, so how are things for our listeners? We've got a lot of listeners in the US, and I'm just curious on how London's coming back from from that little global pandemic blip we had. I, I suspect I suspect London is very much like New York. So if you go if you go into London London at the moment, it's actually a terrific time to visit London at the moment because there's lots of people, but there's not too many people. Mm. You know, pre pre COVID, the uh, the only downside of London sometimes was there's just so many people and so much activity, and you couldn't walk along the streets and whatever. But it's actually a really nice nice place to to be at the moment. If you go if you go in the pubs and if you come to London, you have to spend time in the pubs and you will find them full if you go to a restaurant you will find the restaurant full if you go into a flex co-working type space you'll find that pretty buzzy if you go into a traditional um corporate office you won't (laughs) it's 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 pretty pretty quiet in corporate offices at the moment they're saying round about for 30, 30% occupied or so. It's quite telling. I, I live about 30 miles out outside London to the south. And I normally go in, for, in, in into London on, on a backline train. And it's a, it's a very small station, but it has a very big car park because pretty well everyone who lives around around me in lo- lovely houses goes goes to this uh, this station to go up to up to town that used to be absolutely rammed by 9 9:30 in in the morning mm-hmm. pre pre covid i don't think i've seen it more than 25% full now mm. which is which is interesting because it's very much a middle to senior management station and normally they're all on there at six o'clock in the morning you know all going yeah. in ridiculous time, times in the morning clearly clearly not happening now on mm-hmm. the other hand my son who's 20, 25 and lives in Brixton which is right right central London super buzzy hmm. super super buzzy nice does a lot of cycling there's a lot more cycling in London nowadays a mm. lot more a lot more cycling we're not we're not on the um, glorified uh, levels of Amsterdam or Copenhagen yet but there there is a there is a lot a lot more cycling. So it seems to be this strange thing. Well, actually, it's not, it's not so strange. Almost what we sort of thought that people still want to come together, um, but they don't necessarily want to come together, you know, nine, nine to five, 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 five days Whoa. a week, which is why, why you're finding people in all the more hospitality 
human-centric type places, totally. but not in the um, not in the corporate. Well, types. yeah, and we really lost our tolerance for commuting, and we've lost our tolerance for going to the office just because you go to the office. Like the, it needs to have a purpose. There needs to be a reason, and I think that's like one of the really big things that employers aren't understanding is you can't just say, well, you have to come to the office because you have to come to the office. They need to be like, you have to come to the office because I'm going to train you on this, or we're going to have this meeting, or like there has to be a reason. This just blanket, here's where you go every day, doesn't work anymore. And that's why the press has glommed on to like the office is dead, in my opinion, is because the way people are attracted to it has changed. Yeah, that, well, that, that, that's absolutely true. I, I did some work with uh, Lendlease in Australia yeah. recently, who you know, who are huge and are big, big owners of um, builders, owners, developers of office space, and they have a good phrase for it. They say, "Well, you know, the way we look at it now, we've got to earn somebody's commute to come in." That's totally and, true. You know, I mean, the, the 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 whole thing drives me absolutely nuts because it seems so self-evident that what would a rational person do but go to somewhere where they can do whatever it is they want need to do better than better than somewhere else now mm-hmm. i'm sitting at home here i could have spent three hours on the train today and gone and sat in an office and done exactly the same what rational person would even contemplate doing such a thing it's right. only it's only history and and um you know tradition, tradition and blah, blah 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 and 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 it's a ridiculous and it's a ridiculous a ridiculous thing but all all of this kind of comes back to it is true that people are human humans are social beings but we're not necessarily social beings all, all the time and we want to do it when it when it makes sense and we are clearly doing it when it makes sense mm-hmm. as i say you go into some of the more hospitality led type of types of places in london and they're buzzing mm-hmm that's where everyone's everyone's going, but it's also a mindset. You you stand outside a a pub in the in the city of London, and there'll be people all out on the streets drinking, and you think, oh well, they're not working. Of course, they're working. Mm-hmm. That's the point. They they've come in to meet people, right? Or they've come in for lunch, or they've come in for to for a coffee, or they've come in to, as I say to go go to the pub. That is work. That's what we need need to need to do. And it's almost like, you know, water will find will find its level and it will find its level. So all this all this nonsense about mandating these days or the or those days is it is exactly that. It's just gonna it's just gonna fail. (laughs) Okay, so this is like I love following you on Twitter because you do not mince words. And um hybrid, you hate that term. Am I correct? I I I do just dis, dis, dislike the, the the term hybrid mainly because there's been about fifty million too many articles written talking about hybrid as a binary thing. Oh, you're working from home. You're going to be lonely. You're working in the office. All of this and 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 it's ridiculous. And, and people think of it as you know this or or that. Whereas I like I like to think of work as um as something that's just distributed at the moment. Well, mm-hmm. work is distributed. I could work in 20 different different places and some somehow the term hybrid is it, it, it's like an easy cop out when you haven't thought about it. I mean, this is why I think so many companies will have will have so much problem with it because people will say, "What do you do?" Oh, well, we're going to hybrid. Well, what do you mm-hmm. mean by that? Oh, well, we're just going to get them in Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. 
And it's like, you've got that word, you've seen that one word, you've not thought anything about it, you've not any, thought anything of the consequences, you've not thought at all about what the wants and needs of your employees are, and you think that you think that's so, solved the problem. So it's a, it's a, I can see why we use it, but it, it's a cop, it's a cop out word. You need to, people yeah, need to think a lot harder about all of this. Well, and I wonder if it's not just also, I think the proliferation of articles around it is I think they, people were looking to learn early on. And I think that the AI reported back how fantastic hybrid articles were doing. And I think a lot of them are probably AI generated, <laughs> which is it, why it, there's it, never anything new and interesting in any of them. It, it, it's quite likely. I actually wrote a, a blog post, um, oh, I don't know, a month or two ago, and I, I titled it, You've Only Had Two Years. <laughs> it's like you've had, you've had two years to think about this, and the best you can do is come in Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, and then you find, and then you find every everyone doesn't. But I mean, the the, the thing that the thing that annoys me is I I'm actually very pro office. I'm very pro people be being together and Same. creatively working off 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 each other. But I'm not pro just the the notion of it. You know, right? The, the You're not pro that, like. Office just for the sake of office, right? And one of the things I've seen happen a lot in the States is, you know, and I've always recommended for any company, like if you don't know what to do, go take a massive survey of your people and ask them, where do you want to work? How do you want to work? When do you want to work? Where do you want to work? And like I've seen companies do it, but then they don't like the results and the results are confusing to them. So they just say, okay, come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> and 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 they're going to end up get, getting what getting what they deserve. I right, mean, the start, which is that's, not that's enough starting, employees. Yeah, that that starting point is exa- is exactly right. You have to understand what individuals, teams, departments, and the company needs mm-hmm. at a, at an individual. So so at an individual level, do you have a decent chair? Do you have a decent desk? Have you got a fast internet connection? Have you got have you got the tools to enable you to do whatever you want want to do? Does your work in, involve? Is it is is it individual work or, or is it is it group work? And is it the sort of work that you need to get to? Do you tell us? You yeah. tell us. When does your team need to get together? And and we've all we've all worked. Everyone works in teams. You can work in a company with five hundred thousand people. You're still likely working in quite a small team. You know, or you should know, when you need to get together and when you don't need to get together. And you also need to know know what types of spaces do I do I need when mm-hmm. when we get there. So if we're going to go into the office and ten of us are going to go in the office, has it got the right type of environment for what we need to do so we need we need a nice room we need a big screen we need fast internet connection we need this this that, and the other have you got one of them no but we can put sort of 10 desks together oh well forget it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 this is a, the whole point that this is all this is exactly what space as a service is about the point is space that can provide you with the services you need that enables you to do whatever it is you need to do in the best possible way and that's going to vary from all all the different types of ta- types of tasks we, we have. But so, with so I'm confused on spaces of service. Does that 
is then some of the silos underneath it are flexible work and co-working and business center and office. Like, help me understand how you view the whole landscape. Well, space as a service to me is it, it's really got the, it's really got two, two two definitions. One one is one is overused and one is maybe underused. The overused one is is thinking about it as procuring office space on demand. So I want it for an hour a week or a month or so. That's the you know as a service. So there was a Uber taxi as a, a mm-hmm. as a service. But the more the, the the much more important one is is it says what it is on the tin. It's space that provides you with the services uh, with with the services you need that enable you to do whatever it is you need to. Now that could be that could be a company on a twenty year lease, and it could be someone visiting a space for one hour. It's really about how is the space operated. So if I'm if I'm buying if I'm procuring. A, a space for a day and all mm-hmm. it is is four four blank walls with no view too hot too much co co2 that's that's as a service but completely fa- completely failing to provide a, a service it, it's much more about the mentality of the operator of space and this is why i say you know there's a, that, that, that phrase that jll use uh, they they say that 30 percent of space will be as a service by 2030 mm-hmm. i think it's more likely to be 90% of space will be as a service by 2025. I agree. Because as a service means how it is operated. So I, I there's been I've seen it a few times and I'd love to go re- recently of uh, a few people I know who've been into Accenture's new office in Manhattan mm-hmm. and they said it's absolutely fantastic. Basically it's got all the bells and whistles, all the technology, all the service layer, all the human bits. It's got everything you could possibly want to do whatever it is you whatever it is you want to do and that's Accenture you know what have they got 400,000 400,000 people they probably got that place on a 10 15 20 year lease but mm-hmm. they are operating it in service of their people it's it's every it's there's physical offices and then there's the human layer the human service layer on top of the physical office and that's really what space as a space as a service is it's Liz what do you what do you need to do do today have I got the room for you <laughs> so, it's so interesting because I always thought it was what you said the first definition is right it's just people thinking of literal very space as a service I can sell you some box right yeah and so I love your definition because it it includes co-working, right? To me, flex is that first definition. Flex is I will sell you space in a flexible manner. It doesn't necessarily have any services. To me, it's just space. Co-working to me is absolutely focused on community and focused on providing services as well. Because I think the reason co-working is doing so fantastic right now is if you haven't figured out how to provide a community or a culture, you can always plug into a co-working space, which can supply those. So co-working is a great like holding space until you get your act together or if you get your act together and decide that's one of the pillars of the way you want to work, then add it into the portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. It's really different layers of service, isn't it? 
So I could have, there could be a really good space as a service operator that service me with a need for, I need a podcasting room and I need it well, well uh, with good, good sound down, damping, good, good, good equipment, good quiet air conditioning. I don't need a community there. That's not what I need at this time. Mm-hmm. I need those, 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 those services. Whereas, whereas co-working is, is, is much more, I need these physical attributes, but I also want to be part part of a part of a community. And mm-hmm. then, and then even within co-working, I'm sure there's there's layers of you know how, how, how tight do I you know mm-hmm. I don't do I want to live my life through this community or do I just like you know I like having this community there once a week. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, and, yeah, go for and sure. And that's why I'm I've always been incredibly confused as to why during the pandemic corporations weren't feverishly doing those studies so that when we came out of it, they would have had time to reconfigure, redesign, change their corporate headquarters, and then been ready for it when it was over. And I I, I know we never knew when it was really going to be over, and it's still not over, really. But, you know, at least we've all kind of, I think, as a collective, been like, okay, we're over it. <laughs> and we'd yeah, all yeah. like to just get on with it now. Okay, so switching gears, you asked me a question recently that I loved. And you asked me, is anyone really doing wellness well and kind of where are we on that? And so I wanted to circle back to that on the podcast because I think it's really interesting that to me, I think people are confusing wellness with physical wellness. And they think if they've addressed physical wellness, they can check that box. And I'm here to tell you that is not the case. That is one part of the equation. Yes, we all know we need to address our physical health. That's a known entity. What is not a known entity is that we all have to prioritize our mental health. I think we've gotten a lot better at it, but like what about your community is addressing mental health is what you need to be asking yourself. And to me, that's how you future-proof your business is by addressing mental health. And I know it's scary and I know it's uncomfortable for people, but like get over it because people are dying and depression is off the charts and addiction is off the charts. And I see very few brands doing a really good job at this. And the Fora in London was one of them that is doing a really good job of it. So, you know, I would say people need to get really uncomfortable and figure out how to how to address it. Hey, 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 are you ready to meet in person for some more juicy content? Then join us in London, September 28th will be our main stage day at Convene and Bishopgate. And then on the 29th, we are popping around the city and you can choose your adventure. So you'll definitely want to join us and you can find us at uk.gcuc.co. We'll see you there. Are you seeing um, any um, any movement towards that? I'm hearing I'm I'm hearing lots of good lots of good talk about it, and lots of and lots of lots of genuine good 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 talk, talk about it because this is we're in, and and as societies we're in a slightly sort of liminal moment, aren't we? That we basically we've we've gone we've gone mobile, we've gone distributed, we've gone we've adopted social social media. And we're starting to learn. We we understand all the good bits, but we're really starting to learn the 
the the downsides of social media and yep. you know hence you get there's you know dreadful levels of uh lon- loneliness you get things like you know like instagram is just like the worst thing that could possibly have ever happened to teen teenage teenage girls yeah yeah um and we're learning we're, we're, we're learning the problems what i don't think we where we've got to yet is all we've done is we've learned the problems we are going to have to build the solutions that go with it because you can't just say oh well let's stop using the internet and let's stop using social yeah that's so ridiculous <laughs> that's so ridiculous and and there are so many massive massive pluses we've gained so much from all this stuff but they are everything has con- consequences and we just as societies haven't really learned to adapt to these these um consequences yet and that's why i I think you'll find exactly is exactly what you're saying becoming a really big thing because people will start particularly particularly if we really do stick to distributed work working because there's lots of people for whom working at or near home will actually massively improve their social life. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of people for whom it won't. And their mental health, right? Because I can it, go it, for a walk in my neighborhood. I don't really want to go for a walk in downtown Austin in the middle yeah, of the workday. Yeah, but but there's... there's a, I, I think we're, we're we're start to develop much more understanding about understanding symptoms and cause, and then and then what what to do about it. And we're start to build these into our spaces. I mean, again, yeah. again if you, I I always see these things as sometimes I talk about 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 this stuff and like health and well being, and you can see you can see my more sort of you know fevered capitalist friends going, oh, you you're great softy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just want them to. I just want them to work hard. I don't really care if they're happy. But my point is, the go, the, the the requirement of any company is not to have an office. It's actually to have a productive workforce. What is Nirvana for a company? To have the most productive workforce you could possibly imagine. Now, my argument is that. You ain't going to get there unless you look after someone, unless you enable them to be totally. basically and I think, happy, healthy, gets you to productive. Well, and I think the other thing is, is the reason I tend to mention depression and addiction is try to find a family that hasn't been touched by one of those, right? Yeah. Everyone can think of somebody in your immediate family that has one of those things because they're so prolific in our society. So. I think that like, it was interesting. There was one time I took a risk in an event and I shared about um, someone I knew who suffered from depression and a CEO came and talked to me afterwards. And he's like, my wife is just unable to even get out of bed. Her depression is so bad. And he totally got it because it's a family member, right? So I think it's talk about anxiety, talk about depression, talk about addiction and bring it forward because that's what everyone can relate to. And then I think the other thing is I was encouraged in times of COVID that we had health trackers and that people had to give their status and that we shared things with the government. And the reason being is that starts opening the door to us sharing information about our health with each other, because I think that's super important in the future as we have to try to identify people at risk earlier, because now suicide is just off the charts and will continue to be until we get better at connecting people, which is what is like, to me, the secret sauce of the co-working industry is that we connect people. And so just, you know, that's just my rant there. But so we, we were talking about the future 
And, you know, I'm taking a course in foresight and Anthony is actually was lovely enough to help me early on get into the University of Houston, which I'm very grateful for. And so I've done a ton of research on climate change. And so I, knowing that Anthony is a visionary, I wanted to talk to you about how do you think climate change is going to change the future of work? Too long did not read huge. Hugely. <laughs> 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 Hugely, because it has it, it has to. It's becoming it's it's becoming so obvious that we need to really pay a lot more attention to this at the moment. I mean, you you Europe this this year, right? As I say, UK over forty degrees, which is just so ridiculous. I mean, not France is literally only, burning. France is absolute absolutely burning. There's been real problems. And also there's terrible problems with water. You know, there's great water shortages, water shortages now. And then you start to throw in things like, well, when Russia inv- invades your neighbor and then starts turning off gas and stuff, it makes you, it makes you think, well, we better get a bit more self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And self-sufficient means renewables and renewables are, are, are safer. I, I, I suspect we're going to massively, massively start to re- rethink uh, how, how we live our lives. And I'm absolutely not, I'm absolutely not one of those saying give up anything. You know, I'd be the last person to actually give give up anything. But you do always have choices that you can mm-hmm. do different things. You know, if you want a fast car, don't don't buy yourself some fast combustion engine. Go and buy yourself a, an electric car. They're super fast and they get and they're good for the for the country. If you're in the real estate state business and you want to build a new building, really Th- think about renovating a building. You know, to to be honest, we should stop building buildings. Building buildings is a really bad thing you yeah. can build a you can build a net, net zero operational building but the trouble is you don't you won't get the benefit for 60 years because of all the embedded carbon in in the construction i think we'll pay a lot more a lot more attention to renovating renovate renovating what we've got in in terms of the whole real estate industry you're going to pay a lot more attention to renewable circular circular ma- materials and and all this all this sort of stuff so in terms of how it actually changes changes our work i think I think if you're if you are an owner or an investor in buildings that cannot proclaim themselves to be pretty damn sustainable, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a stranded asset on your hands pretty pretty soon. In America, it'll probably take longer, but in mm-hmm. but in Europe, Europe's quite quite fanatical fanatical about this. You know, within a few years, that's mm-hmm. it. You, your buildings. Oh. Yeah, Australia is like that too. Australia like just found out about well certified like five years ago, and now it's like well certified country. It's insane. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like, this is a good thing. We need to do it done. But but it's a good. But, but, but what's happening, which I think is going to make all the difference, is and it's a rare thing within real estate. We've actually aligned everybody's interests. So you've got in, investors mm-hmm. now want to 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 buy into sustainable stuff, and I know there's loads of stuff going on about greenwashing and how there's so many mm-hmm. so many dodgy green funds and whatever but it's not going to stop the fact that institutions have have flipped the switch to well, what was it the, the thing you've said climate climate risk is climate risk is investment risk Larry think mm-hmm. climate risk is in investment risk well boom there there, there, there it is so they're going to invest, want to invest in su- sustainable assets you've got regulators with big carrots and even bigger sticks and the sticks are getting bigger in even time you know, they give you lots of carrots if you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're a girl. This is lots of carrots, <laughs> but if, but if you're bad, we are going to hit you on the head really quite hard. And then you've got the customers, and certainly the stage at the moment is that if you put 
the best companies, ask the, the best companies in commerce, they will not take space that is not sustainable. They just won't. End, yep. end of. Partly because their own shareholders are demand, demanding it, their own investors are demanding it, and all their and all their people are are saying, yeah. saying it saying it as well. So yeah, yeah so I you're going to find a huge push towards um, sustainable buildings. A hundred percent. And if you and if you guys listening haven't read Healthy Buildings, you need to. I know it's a little technical, but there's these really great synopsis at the end of each chapter that I highly recommend you just go to. And then the other thing I think it'll change a couple other things is I think we're going to have to move off the coastlines because the water levels are going to be changing. <laughs> you know, there's going to be more tsunamis. There's going to be more flooding. So I think I think people are going to move inward. And I think the other thing that's going to happen is as it heats up, we're going to be spending more time inside. So I think you also have to, you know, again, back to future proofing, like if you're not paying attention to your air systems, you need to be like, I can't stress how important air is. And if the pandemic didn't teach you that, I don't know what will. Yeah. No, that's uh, that, that's absolutely, absolutely true. And the thing about moving in inside is that uh, that that's no good if we then massively multiply the amount of air conditioning we use, unless air conditioning is a hundred percent run by you know every ha- every house in anywhere sunny should have solar panels and a big battery. End of mm-hmm. should run, run run off itself. The locational stuff I think is is incredibly interesting. Personally, personally, I can't quite get my head around the in, in the in the US people so many people moving moving to the the, the sun belt you know and we're all going to go and move to Florida but Florida's going to be underwater and it's too hot yeah yeah <laughs> and, I, and yeah. I don't quite understand that because the, the the logic I mean in this very short term it doesn't matter I don't know give it give it 10 10 years or you know certainly certainly certainly, certainly 20 years I mean we're essentially we're all going to move more north aren't we Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and, We're have and to. it's going and it's going to be the 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 case the case in 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 Europe Europe as well. But there is so there is so much there is so much that could be done. And I and I think you know if you look at the the global response to the the pandemic and how much money was spent and how how much effort was put into vaccines and stuff, we could do the same thing with climate change. Actually, we really we, oh, really we could, could fix it. We could fix it. We, sure, we really could. And in the meantime, actually, we'd be building some really good businesses and we'd be mm-hmm. creating huge huge number huge number of jobs and, and stuff and, and I'm I'm sure that's I'm sure that's going to come but cer- certainly in terms of in 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 terms of real real estate though I think any 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 building which is not on the well certainly in Europe, in Europe you need to be able to demonstrate that you can get to the 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 levels agreed at the Paris accord by 2030 now the thing that people are waking up to now is this sort of thing well 2030 well I don't know 2028 we're still doing something but the point is the way these things work unless you get to point a by say 2025 you're not going to be able to get to to point b by 2030 you know it's a it's a it's a progression all these things are always a always a progression you can't suddenly turn 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 the tap on the last on the, the last day so i think i think we're going to I think we're going to see huge, huge moves on that, and the, and the energy thing. I mean, certainly over here, we yeah. are in desperate problems with energy costs. Come, come, our energy costs are going to go up by factors of three or four by by Christmas time, mm. and now, which is you know thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for every home. Which, apart from anything else, is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that aren't going to get spent anywhere else. 
Mm. So all the all the businesses that are reliant on discretionary expenditure are going to have a real problem because the um, everyone's having to spend so much on energy. So they, you know, there's some bigger. We we just know there's some really big things that need sorting out, don't we? I mean, yeah. we, you know, we just we we just know it. And yeah. the way I the way I look at it, that everyone goes on about well, we want new jobs and we want high paying jobs and we want the high the high skilled jobs. And I just look at all these problems and think. But there's plenty there. There's yeah. plenty there. There's, there's a lot you, you know, can focus on. There's, but there's you know a what? Lot you can pick we got we to focus on some hope for a second because we can't wrap it up on we're doomed. So, you know, what, you know, I'll tell you what I'm excited about for the future is the younger generation because they have this like, we're not going to work this way. I'm not going to go do that. And I love their attitude. And they're, they are people that are demanding better space and better air. And I think that there's, for me, I think there's a great hope for the future because of the younger generations that are coming up. I, I completely agree. And I'm actually massively, massive, massively hope, hopeful for the future because we need better air quality. We need better offices. We need, we need better everything. Yeah. And we know we know, we know we need better everything. And better everything is is good for everybody. And that, absolutely, as you say. You know, for the for the younger genera- generations now, it is super super tough, and they're and they're just saying, yeah, there's got to be a there's got to be better better things to do. And yeah. I think you know, one one hopes they concentrate more on I want to be happy, I want to be healthy, and I want to be productive, yep. and yeah. I'd like to earn some money as well. Yeah, but and if I'm where, gonna go as and... as, a, as opposed to all I want to do is earn some money. Exactly. Then... <laughs> yeah, I think it's you awesome. Know, they're, they're, all, the, all the good things are not incompatible with uh, mm-hmm. doing well. Yeah, I think that I think that especially their focus on health and wellness is going to help change things. So I want to circle back to the very beginning of our conversation where we talked about space as a service because you have a whole course on that. So I'm going to leave the last like couple of minutes to you to tell us like what you're doing. Okay. Yes, I I have a course starting September the 12th. And it's entitled hashtag spaces as a service, the trillion dollar hashtag. Now, I, I wrote a blog post, a long article for PropMojo back in the beginning of 2019 with, exact, with exactly that title. Yep. Well, I, I hypothesized that the world was going to become much more as, as a service and that we needed to, uh, the industry was going to become, it's going to morph from being about selling a product to de- delivering delivering a service and that you needed to do X, Y, Z to to create these new sort of these new products and services and 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 business models and i've been sort of bang, banging this, this drum for for a long time and of course covid has completely turbocharged everything around this and you know everyone's gone distri- di- distributed and everyone needs di- different different types of spaces so i'm, I'm running this course as i say starting september the 12th it's going to run run for four four weeks and it's going to it's going to focus on what i have called the the eight factors of success that are required for a space as a service building and then also i have been working on 10 things that that will matter in the future of real estate and and none of them are actually real estate they are they are the 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 other layers on top of real estate that i I think we need um and yeah and then during during the course which is going for four weeks people will be putting groups and they'll do a project during that time and the project will be to create a new a new product or service a, a, a new business so it's a it's an it's an opportunity which follows on from the the, the course i ran with draw Pay for a couple of years for the 
Real Innovation Innovation Academy, where we're, we're essentially trying to um, catalyze catalyze the most interesting people in real estate to 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 work together, to network together, to bounce off each other, mm-hmm. and 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 to, and to build to build up this wider eco ecosystem of people who are thinking there's more to real estate than glass and steel boxes. Yeah, you know, and how do we somebody, create better stuff? Yeah, as somebody who I attended a class, the the networking was phenomenal. The learning was phenomenal. Working with the peers that you've never met before across the globe was so fun. And it's just a really great opportunity to to get out of the doldrum of your day-to-day work and go expand your brain. And as somebody that, you know, went back to grad school recently, like I can't emphasize how much it has sparked my own brain. Like you need to like, you need to keep your brain agile. You need to keep learning. You need to keep growing. You need to meet new people you need to network around the world and you help facilitate all that so i say if you're thinking about it if you're on the fence like just do it it's good for you i i, I couldn't agree more so so much is about is about being inspired and you know you know that phrase of you know if not now then when right well, really think and think about the circumstances of now mm-hmm. <laughs> that everything yeah. is up everything is everything up in the air. yeah everything is up in the air so if ever there was an opportunity to think of, you know, genuinely build back better, you know, it, it's a cliched phrase that's been hijacked in the world, but it's right. Build back better. And, you know, there's lots of, there's a, you know, real estate often often gets accused of being a bit Luddite and, and dull and not that interesting. But there are so many people in real estate who have mm-hmm. big ambitions, but also big ideas and want to do yeah. different stuff you know be different and and it's uh it's fun anyway. Apart from anything else, that it's fun. is that's <laughs> the moment. That's what I was looking for—the perfect inspirational ending. You know, if not when, you know, do it now and change the world. Because if you believe you can, you can. So, Anthony, always a pleasure. I love talking with you. I cannot wait to see you at GCUK. And yeah, have a fantastic day. That's brilliant. Thank you for having me on, as it were. Take care, y'all, and we'll see you on the next GC podcast. <laughs>